Welcome to the New Life Podcast on the Stream Grace Network. Good morning and welcome to episode seven of the New Life Podcast. We are continuing to record this live at New Life Church in uh, South Oklahoma City. And uh, we're excited for those of you who've joined us uh, digitally through the podcast and also for those who have joined us in-house. And uh, uh, I've got with me Johnny. Uh, hey, man. How are you, man? I'm doing all right. How are you, Jake? I'm fantastico. Man, the rain is, <laughs> is nice today. It's good rain. It's good rain. Unexpected rain. I know, but that's why I have umbrellas ready. Yeah, I'm, we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> um, no, but I do want to talk about this. This is our last live recording right. for the foreseeable future, um, but the New Life Podcast doesn't end here today. That's right. So what's next on the docket? Man, we've got several things that we are going to do. Um, we're continuing to record uh, stories that of people here in in the church at New Life, as well as those that we are connected to. Here's just a few of those, these that we are uh, gonna be recording. Ori Flint, we're gonna talk to him. Uh, great testimony uh, that you're gonna wanna know. We're gonna uh, interview John Hauser. Most everybody knows Felice, cause she talks a lot. And, uh, but John's got a great story. And uh, hi, Auntie, love you. Uh, but uh, John's got a great story and you're gonna want to hear uh, what, uh, what his journey with God has been. We're also going to continue to interview some people that are new to us, like Rob and Tina Holmes, another couple that's got a fantastic story uh, that you're not going to want to miss. So we're going to continue with stories. But we're also beginning next week, we're going to start a series called Frequency. And uh, we're going to talk about what it takes to hear God's voice. We're going to get practical with it. But we're also going to add some extra things in that we're going to use the podcast to distribute other conversations, other content, um, as we talk about how to learn to hear God's voice and how prayer can really become the oxygen of our life. So that's kind of what's coming. We're going to be doing a lot of things with the New Life Podcast. The New Life Podcast will launch. Um, it's already launched technically, but the episodes will be available literally within minutes of services being over well, today's 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 will be <laughs> will be available within minutes but the the new live podcast i think what do we talk sunday evenings uh wednesdays wednesdays actually. is that the details were not in front of you we aren't let in me front jump of you. in on the details so I the new live podcast is wednesday new life is wednesday so and it'll drop on wednesday right and there's going to be a companion podcast called nlc weekend and that's the one that's the one you're thinking of. yeah the nlc weekend is going to be um our audio recordings of the Sunday services, it'll be available also in a podcast that you can get a hold of. What's great about it is it'll just automatically hit your phones. It'll let you know that a new one is available. That one we're going to post on Sunday evening. So that's the timeline. <laughs> but uh, we are excited about uh, what we're going to be using podcasts for. So make sure that you sign up to follow the New Life Podcast. We understand a lot of you are, you know, there's no real reason to because we're recording it live. But you're going to want to do it today, okay? And if you need help, just see several of us. We'll be happy to help. And just to you. be 100% clear, there is zero cost. For no, cost no cost at all. Yep, it's just available. Just available. So I'm excited about that. Uh, if you guys have more questions, you can find me or uh, Pastor Johnny, and we will talk about it. And Pastor Johnny says, point at me. So I'll just redirect it back to him for fun. Anyway, um, <laughs> today's guest, uh, I'm excited to have with us uh, Stephanie uh, Lassick, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really, really well. Mostly because I'm excited to hear your story. Um, I've heard bits and pieces, 
And that's the best part. I think a lot of people in-house today probably know bits and pieces as well. Um, and it's really not just your story, but it's the story of Liam, your son. Yes, yes it is. And that's what's exciting. So we're just going to jump right in. And okay. can you just take us from the beginning, uh, you know, tell us about your son and, and from the day he was born. <laughs> <laughs> well, it kind of started before he was born. Even better. Um, uh, for someone that wasn't supposed to have children, God blessed me with him very Amen. much so. And so I was in school. Now, come yeah, on, that's, that's good. good. <laughs> um, I was in school um, working on my master's. Um, and when I found out I was pregnant, and so I continued to go to school. And the bigger my belly get, the bigger the earphones would get because I would do class, I'd do my schoolwork and had have headphones around and he would listen to Skillet and Point of Grace and I did he the was same listening to everything I had. I did the same thing with my belly, but it did not have the same result. <laughs> <laughs> and so he, um, when he was, when I found out he was actually a boy, it was the same day we found out he had a heart condition. Mm. Didn't really, it was really kind of weird for me because it was like, okay, God, what's that all about you? Let's do this. So when he was born, he was born a little over a month early because I got sick. I had um, staph infection in the blood and mm. they don't know how I got it, but he wasn't responding. So me and the doctor had a nice little argument in the ER about they were gonna take him that day. And I said, no, you're not. Man, yeah. <laughs> he wasn't ready, but they took him um, and he ended up getting transferred to Tulsa because they were the only ones that had a heart, pediatric heart surgeon that could do the surgery that we thought he needed. I had to stay back in Norman. Mm. So we were separated that whole first week. He had my mom, but that's not the same as having his mommy. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So, How, what'd that do for you? Like, it was I was very anxious. Yeah. Um, and I had to make a deal with the doctor that if he would give me medicine to take with me, I promised I would take all of it if he would just let me get back to Tulsa. Mm -hmm. And so he did. And we got there, and the doctor, um, the surgeon said, you know, he I normally could do this surgery, but his pulmonary valve is shaped like a a rainbow. And I can't do that. Mm -hmm. So he goes, he needs to go to a bigger hospital. So I had my choice, St. Louis or Little Rock. And not knowing at the time that the doctor that was going to do the surgery actually came from St. Louis. That's where kind of, for some reason, that's just, I picked that. And then I later found out that he, he um, actually trained under the surgeon that wow. did Liam's surgery. Wow. And so they came down, flew us um, to St. Louis and they were waiting for him and I stood outside the room when they got him all situated and they were like, oh no, mama, you come in here. You have to be part of all of this. We wow. don't exclude. So I had a bed in the room that I could stay with him. And so I did for the first few days and then I ended up uh, going to the Ronald McDonald house. And that's where I stayed in the evenings all day I was at the hospital. Mm. But the first night I actually left him, I, um, put in a CD, I had made a CD that said Liam's music. Hmm. And so I put it into the TV and I set it and he was, you know, he had hooked up everywhere. He had this little thing on his head. I mean, he just couldn't move. And so I laid the microphone thing right next to him and I turned it on when I left. And I came back the next morning and I said, so how did we do? And she's like, well, she goes, he was a little bit fussy and we couldn't, and he couldn't cry mm. because he had so many tubes, he couldn't cry, but his heart rate would start going out of control and they couldn't figure out why. And then they looked up, one of the nurses noticed the TV was moving, well, that's where the DVD was, and they hit it, and as soon as the skillet music come on, he just went. Wow. And so every day I would leave, 
I would start that and I would tell the nurse, okay, his music's starting. And so they would time it and they would come in after hmm. the last song and they would restart it every time. Wow. And so they said, we're going to do a procedure. We're going to straighten out his pulmonary valve. And it worked, hmm. but it failed hmm. because they had to put so much pressure on it to straighten it out. They tore the little flaps that allows the, wa- the blood to flow back and forth. And so they said, there's really not much we can do. We can leave it, um, but he's going to have multiple surgeries throughout his life because the bigger he gets, because it's thinner than paper. Wow. And I said, what's the other option? And they said, heart transplant. Oh, wow. And they said, we're going to bring in the team and we're going to draw his blood. We're going to check for his antibodies. Um, So if you don't know, um, antibodies determine your blood type. And if he had whatever his antibody was, that's the only type of heart he could have taken. So they did all of his, and, and I have to tell you, this whole thing is a God thing because they did, drew his blood, they ran his antibodies. He had not started forming antibodies yet. Oh, wow. So that moved him to the top of the list. Yeah. He could take any Anything. heart. Yeah. And they said, but, you know, keep reality because we could get a call and say, hey, there's a heart, but then for some reason it might not work. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. And so I hadn't been home. I had bills stacked up. I was dead get, I, and I had to get new clothes. I mean, my, I, it was just a mess. So my mom came and sat with him. It was um, Easter weekend of 2011. I came home Friday night and had dinner. And I didn't even unpack. I just was so tired. I just turned my phone all the way up for volume in case my mom needed me. And then I just fell asleep. Well, I woke up in the middle of the night and I saw my phone was blinking. And I was like, that's weird, I didn't hear the phone ring. Well, that's because I was really sleepy. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I listened to the message and it was the, one of the directors of the transplant. And she said, Stephanie, we have a heart. He's scheduled for surgery tomorrow morning. Oh, wow. And I was like, You're just waking up into that, yeah. Yeah. And 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 how old is he at this point? He's four weeks old. Four weeks Mm -hmm. old. He's only four weeks old. And when I left, his skin color was kind of grayish because he was already kind of struggling. And um, so I get up, I call my mom. She's not answering the phone. I'm like, what's going on? So I call my dad because at the time he was up at four o'clock in the morning because he had to be at work. And I called him and I'm like, I can't get a hold of my mom. I'm da 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 da. And he was like, Why are you crying? I was like, I don't know why I'm crying. And so I jump I, in. I do. Sh- I do. <laughs> yeah. You've got a four week old. That's yeah. got to have a heart, heart transplant. Well, I called her back. The first call I made was back to the director. And she, she's like, I said, I'm in Oklahoma. I can't make it in time for the surgery to start. And she's like, it's okay. We postponed it a little bit. I said, okay, what time? She goes, eight o'clock. I went, one hour? One hour is not going to help me get back. This person clearly is not a geography person. You're talking to. And I said, okay. I jumped in the shower, threw on a, a, a sweater that I wore when I was pregnant with him and wet hair and everything. I didn't unpack. I just threw everything back into the car and took off for mm. St. Louis a world record. I did St. Louis in five hours. <laughs> and stayed under the speed and limit under the, the whole speed time, limit the right? whole way, right? Well, what a miraculous you know, thing. If you don't if you don't if you don't know who my husband is, my husband is John that comes with me sometimes. Um, we were actually um, just seeing each other at the time and he called me and I was as I was crossing 
into the Missouri state line and he goes, where are you? I'm like, I'm crossing to Missouri. He goes, how fast are you going? And I went, the truth or a lie? <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was like, he goes, we can't afford it. I was like, who's this we stuff? I'd be paying the ticket, not you. Right. <laughs> well, I don't want to, I don't want, I'm, I'm just going to say everybody pay attention to how quickly she made it to St. Louis because this is foreshadowing later parts of the story. Exactly. <laughs> but we'll just leave it at that. So I get to St. Louis. I finally talked to my mom and the doctor called and to tell me all the procedures that were going to happen. And he goes, he goes, but before I talk to you, he goes, please pull over. Mm. I said, Ugh. okay, I pulled over. I'm still going. You know, I, I just lied to him. I'm like, okay, I'm on the side of the road. Go ahead. And um, he was like, this is how it's going to go. He goes, I will warn you. He goes, I haven't seen the heart, but being him so little that sometimes the hearts are too big. And yeah. so when you see him again, his chest may be open. It's covered, but it'll be open until the swelling goes down and they can go in. I said, okay. Wow. And he goes, and we'll call you every hour and let you know how. And this is supposed to be like a four to five hour surgery. I said, okay. I get there. I missed the first call. My mom took the first call. I get there for the second call. And I was like, they're like, he's doing great. You know, the cert he's responding well. And I said, great. She goes, we'll call you back in an hour. That's two hours. Three hours in, she called and she said, okay, she goes, um, doctor is sewing him up. And I wow. said, do you want to repeat that to me, please? And she goes, yeah, he's sewing his chest up and he'll be down in an hour to talk to you. Wow. Hey, all right. I said, <laughs> I just okay. hit my knees. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know what else to do. And so my mom's sitting there. She's crying. I'm crying. I'm praising God because I'm just like it has to be God there's yeah. no other way so when the doctor comes in um, he goes it was a perfect fit mm. <laughs> the heart perfectly lined up with everything wow wow and so and he goes give us an hour to get him situated back in the NICU unit and you could come in and see him mm. and the first time I saw him he was the most beautiful pink baby I'd ever seen in my life it was oh. just amazing and then two days later I got to hold him for the first time wow I had never gotten to hold him since. What was wow. that like? It was the most amazing thing. I mean, there was cords everywhere, but, you know, I just sat there. They just kind of put him in, and he just fit perfect. Mm. And I couldn't complain. I just, and they were like, okay, wait. I was like, mm -mm. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Let me hold him a little longer. My goodness. What was going on in your relationship with God at this point? I mean, I can imagine, but what? It was just, you know, I was like, God, I know this is you. It has to be. There's no other there's no other reason for my son to be in a five-hour surgery, come out in three hours, sewed up, and perfect fit. Yeah. It, it was God the yeah, whole time. Praise God. Now, is this your only child? My only one. So, so going into it, this, so this is normal for you now, apparently, right? If there's a second child, that's the norm. Yeah. There will never be a second child. <laughs> there's not going to be a second child. <laughs> well, I understand. <laughs> my mom is too old for this right now. I've already been through it. I enough. was too I'm old good. for that at 22. I mean, let's be real. So how long was he in the hospital? Um, that was April. So actually the weekend that he had the surgery, which was Easter weekend, was actually the weekend he was due. Wow. So it all worked out great. And he was in for one more month. We stayed through Mother's Day and we got to come home. Man. So Easter week, his first Easter, he gets a new heart. Mm -hmm. Wow, there's something prophetic right there yeah. that on Easter Sunday, the father comes. And Easter is his Changes favorite holiday. Well, obviously, I wonder why. <laughs> he loves Easter. Wow. But um, so we got home and actually he progressed really, really fast from NICU. He was only in NICU maybe a week after heaven. And then he was on the floor. Wow. He was just doing so well. Now he, they had to teach him how to like suck again because he didn't know any of that. And 
that was not a fun experience. <laughs> he did not like that at all. He was just like, I just want the tube. Just give me the tube. Mm. <laughs> Feed me. That's the easiest way. But right. I um, I pulled the mommy card on that one. He, They let me take him back to the Ronald McDonald house so I could do it on my own with him. And mm. they taught me how to put the tube in. And he would get frustrated when I would feed him, so he would pop that tube out. And I'm like, dude, I don't like doing this. So mm-hmm. he popped it out twice, and I said, okay. He was just laying there. I was like, if you pop it out again, it's sink or swim, dude. <laughs> Where I'm not putting it back in. And he got fussy and popped it out, and I was like, that's it. And so he had to eat. He didn't have a choice. Yeah. There you go. So, it's like I tell my kids now. When you're hungry enough, you'll eat it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Like it so, or not. So how did that progress? Um, you know, once, like you were kind of out of the woods, it felt like you were getting out of the woods Yeah, there? He came, we came back. His doctors are at OU Children's, his uh, heart doctor, and he was doing great. He um, he's, has to have um, biopsies every so often mm-hmm. to make sure the functions are very well. And so he's he's only had one issue with a mild, mild to moderate rejection, but with the changing in medicines and some other things, he, was, he did cred. Um, then he got to be about one, one and a half, and he started getting sick, and we couldn't figure out why. And he, we were in the hospital with him, and one of the doctors came in and said that he has PTLD, which is post-transplant lymph, lymphoprolific disease, which is common in transplant mm-hmm. adults or children, mm-hmm. um, more probably children. And it had settled in his tonsils. So we, I took his tonsils out and shaved his adenoids. And we thought, okay, we're out of the woods. And then he started getting sick again. And so every time it was like, okay, so then the next time it was called, um, you would think I would remember all of these names. It was a different type of cancer that he got. So we did treatments for that. And then he got the um, uh, Hodgkin's. Mm -hmm. And he's had that twice now, this last time and the time before. And each time we have to do uh, chemotherapies. He's stayed strong through the whole thing. We've even done um, cell, tried to do the cell treatments. We went to Houston for that and it didn't even work. Mm. And so um, he likes to think it did. So I don't tell him any different. He <laughs> likes to think that um, those uh, cells that they gave him in Houston are still in there somewhere helping. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I let him believe it. I don't take that away from him, <laughs> but I've never lied to him. Mm. You know, we will go to the hospital and he'll say, are they going to stick me? Am I going to get a, yeah, they're going to stick you. I'm like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You're going to get stuck and you're not going to like it, but we've got to go through this. Yeah. Um, so now he has a port. And so as long as we put the cream or spray it, he, they can stick him in the port anytime they want and it doesn't bother him. Wow. So, so how many bouts then with, he's had four bouts of cancer and he's gone through chemo. This last chemo treatment, they weren't really sure what to do. His doctor, um, met with three other different top cancer doctors in the United States and they all told him something different. Mm. So he pulled from each one of them and customized Liam's treatment. And as of this morning, sitting in the parking lot, his lab results show no detection. Amen. (laughs) So this was a happy mama coming in today. (laughs) No doubt. No doubt. So, and it's all God. Wow. I'm tell you that. So he's 10 years old. He's 10 years old now. So, so let's get this straight. I, w- I want to make sure all of, all of our listeners get this, if I'm understanding it correctly. Four weeks old, he has a heart transplant. Yes. Um, and the, everything that followed, was that probably a byproduct? It is. Of the heart transplant. Mm-hmm. So he went from that to having how many bouts of cancer? Four. 
four different bouts mm-hmm. of cancer. Burkitt's, I'm sorry, the one I forgot. So he's had PTLD, he's had Burkitt's, and he's had Hodgkin's twice. Four bouts of cancer, mm-hmm. and he's 10 years old, completely healed. In remission. In remission. Healed, yes. He is okay. healed. I got to know, man. Um, I mean, I've always thought women are the strongest people on the planet because I'm praise God I didn't have to give birth. That would have been horrible. But a 10-year-old? What, what is his attitude towards cancer? He, he will tell you that he has kicked cancer's butt again. Say that one more time. <laughs> he has kicked cancer's butt again. That's what he says. Yeah. So, and he, and, and he doesn't, he doesn't talk negative because we have talked about that. I said, do not. And something that I learned from Teresa, you never give the devil a foot. Yeah. And if you talk negative or say, well, what if it comes back? That's giving him a foothold to come in, and we don't talk like that. It's gone. Yeah. It's not coming back. That's awesome. Amen. Come on, give God a clap yeah. off for new life. Praise God. So, one of the things I know about Liam is he's a race car driver. Yes. At ten, that's that's why he gets it from his mom driving to St. Louis. That's right. <laughs> no time. And uh, and because he's he's a successful one, but and I want to get into some of these aspects and and how he's connected what he's doing uh with what the lord's done in him <laughs> come on it is it's emotional man it's a great story amen because man so many of us i'm going to talk to everybody in here we have no reason to gripe about what we face right i'm dead serious we got a man up and trust god more than we trust what we see or what is facing us and we've got to realize Liam has kicked cancer's butt because God is in Liam and greater yeah. is he that's in us than anything we yeah. face. If we'll have just a little bit of faith and a little bit of guts to say, come on, devil, you're not taking me out today. Well, I think that's the thing that's, that's moving me so much is I've had the chance just briefly to, to listen to Liam talk and his, um, <laughs> his outlook. <laughs> The kid can never fail. I mean, there's just no way. His approach is just matter of fact that he has the victory. Yeah. It's, you know, and we talk about it a lot in our own lives. We talk about, man, praise God, I'm believing for the victory. That, that wouldn't, I don't even know if that come out of his mouth. He just assumes that victory is already, it's like past tense. The victory has happened. He knows that God's going to heal him. And there's only a few people that know this, but I will tell everybody. He was three years old, and this was after his first bout of cancer. We were going to daycare. We were at home daycare. I never put him in commercial. He was in a home daycare. And we were sitting in a light at 12th and Main Street. And it had just rained the night before. And you know how the sky has all the beautiful colors. And it's just, there's still clouds, but it's just beautiful. And we were sitting there and we always listen to Caleb on the radio. And we're just kind of chit-chatting and singing. Because some songs he knows and he will just sing along with them. And I'll tell you his favorite song in a second. But, um... He goes, hey, mommy. I was like, what's up, Bubby? He goes, I met God. Mm. And I was sitting at the light, and I just turned around. And I said, you, what did you just say to me? He goes, I've met God. And I said, Bubby, when did you meet God? He goes, I met him when I got my new heart. Wow. He goes, and, he, and, he, and I turned around, and he, I looked at him. He goes, and he took me way over there. And it was like the most beautiful, like mm. a beautiful picture of the sky. And he goes, and we just talked, and I sat on his lap, and then he said, I have to come back, and then I went back. And when he, he got his heart at four weeks. Mm-hmm. 
And there's not one soul in this entire universe that would ever convince me that my child was lying. I absolutely no. believe. Why would a four-week-old lie? <laughs> wow. And so hmm. I know that God is in him, yeah. no matter what. Amen. Mm-hmm. So obviously you're a speed demon. Um, Well, I did take him to daycare and then I cried all the way to work. (laughs) (laughs) You're obviously a speed demon. So how did he get involved in racing? He was sometimes stay with my parents on the weekends. He likes to go down there by every other weekend. And my dad is big into NASCAR. And so he started dry watching and he really started liking it. And then for his seventh birthday, we um, hooked up with Texas Motor Speedway and took him down there and they had like a big kid thing well come to find out there was a specific driver that wanted to get involved with helping kids out so he wanted to meet Liam and so and that if you're not into NASCAR Jeff Burton is a big time NASCAR Mm. it was his son Harrison and he was driving trucks at the time and he and Harrison just bonded like nobody's business and so we spent the weekend with them at the races and he decided from that point that he wanted to race and he wanted to use God as his foundation and to use God through him to show everybody his success, his fight, that you don't give up for nothing, your dreams can come true kind of a thing for mm-hmm. him. Um, so we were like, okay, it took a couple years and we got his sprint car. So now he's racing. His um, race team is called Jam Racing and that means Jesus and Me Racing. Amen. <laughs> and we've actually lost sponsorships over that mm. because no one wanted to be connected with. You've they, lost sponsorship. We lost a sponsorship because they said they couldn't be associated with the name Jesus because it might affect their business negatively. And who was that? Because yeah, it's gonna affect it negatively. Just... Who was that sponsor? You, you really <laughs> want to know? I absolutely want to know. Safely Auto. Awesome, thank you. Awesome. Because they were sponsoring Harrison at the time and so they fell in love with Liam and they even came yeah. to Oklahoma when Liam was recognized through the more schools mm. um, and was given an award and everything. And then when it came down to sponsorship, they were just like, no, I can't help you. Yeah. And, and I think this is a thing. And I, you know, I, I appreciate you saying that and I'm not going to shelter people anymore. It's the time to choose. Yeah. Yep. We, we live in a world, if you love Jesus, say it. And, and if you are going to be ashamed of his name, then we're letting people know that you're ashamed. And it, and it did hurt Liam's feelings because sure they would always talk to him about how they were praying for him and Mm. how they, you know, they just every, and then they had some guys that would come up to the hospital when he was there and bring him stuff. And those guys were really great. But, you know, to come to find out that they wouldn't sponsor him because of that. Sure. But then they turn around and sponsored, okay, well, you're not sheltering, I'm not sheltering, (laughs) um, Gay Pride Week. Mm -hmm. And they changed like their colors and all that. I'm like, that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. And, it, and so we were just like, okay. Yeah. Well, there it is. So now he's racing go-karts, right? No, he races <laughs> junior sprint How cars. How dare you? I'm just, I don't know. <laughs> what in the do world? Do I look like a NASCAR dude? No, but <laughs> you've would, seen the pictures. Come on. <laughs> he would correct you very firmly. Okay, so. He would go, Johnny, I don't do go-karts. I do junior sprints. That's right. He did say, tell me that. So for yes. those that don't know, mm-hmm. so most people are probably thinking he's 10 years old. He's racing go-karts. He's not. This is a real deal. This is real deal. Yeah. It's real deal sprint car. Yeah. I can show you the checkbook. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I know John, your husband had a lot to do with helping him paint it and, 
and Liam painted it. You guys all worked on that? It started out black and lime green, and the lime green is for lymphoma cancer. Mm. And so he's really big into um, supporting the research to help other kids. I mean, and this is my child. Um, We'll be at the hospital. He had labs, and he just did it on a Friday. There'd be a smaller child, other smaller than him and they're doing blood screaming bloody murder and he will go in there and talk to them while mm. they're getting stuck it's okay look i just got my arm done too wow. it's okay it'll be fine don't cry it's okay. and it's worked a couple times that's amazing yeah and he just helps them i mean it just makes him you know he wants he doesn't want people to hurt like he did yeah I mean, because it was a tough for both of us. I mean, there were times that I wouldn't even stand in the room when they were putting IVs in him because I sure. couldn't take his screaming. And finally, I was like, "Mama, put your big panties on, big girl panties <laughs> on, and get in there, and it's okay." Yeah, you right. So. I talked to him last week. Mm-hmm. Actually, the first time I got to meet him, heard about this mythical person <laughs> called Liam, you know, from my parents, and to finally get to meet him a couple of weeks ago um, was really, really special. And then I got to talk to him last Sunday after church and um i want want you to talk to me about he he told me about a couple of things that he's got on his car um Mm -hmm. uh, what are those and what do they represent to him and and you guys well first of all on his helmet and on the back of the car where the car comes at an angle he has angel wings those are the angels that are protecting him when he drives (laughs) and on the hood he has a lion that has watercolors all around it and that lion is wearing a crown and when he sees lion, any lion, that or TV or anything, he relates lions to God. Yeah. So when he sees a lion, he sees God. And so that's on the front of his car. I asked him about that. And it's white. His car's white now. Hmm. I asked him about the lions and I asked him straight out, okay, why, why a lion? I mean, I love lions because as a kid, I read a book that had a lion, you know, the Aslan book and all that. But he said, when I look at lions, they remind me of God. And I said, why? He said, because God never stops protecting me. That's mm. right. Absolutely. He Man, we that. all need to get a hold of that. Mm-hmm. That the Father never stops protecting us. Yeah. Mm. Uh, what number is he? 20L. 20L. He picked 20 because that was Harrison's number at the time. Mm-hmm. And, of course, L for Liam. Yeah. And everything, all the trim numbers and everything are lime green. That's and awesome. we found out last night that his crew chief that we have right now and one of his friends are buying him a new race suit for next season. Oh, wow. Awesome. And he picked, and we said, okay, what colors do you want? He's doing a lime green suit with black and white trim. <laughs> That's awesome. That is cool. Yeah. I just got to say, his name is, he was born for NASCAR. I mean, <laughs> Liam Lassick. Yeah. That just feels like a NASCAR <laughs> name. And he has, um, I wanted him to have a biblical part of his name, so his middle name is Nathaniel. Mm. Why Nathaniel? You know, it just, I was reading the Bible and it they just popped out as being strong and it just fit him. Mm. That's good. Johnny, I want you to talk a little more because you did say, you know, last week you, you were sitting down talking with Liam. What, what struck you? in that moment because I mean I just just talking to Stephanie I'm melting over here and and I I had to leave the room I mean I could tell right away I was going to just cry for an hour yeah you (laughs) let me cry alone that's (laughs) what you did so so talk a little bit about your meeting him and some of the things I don't want to be grandiose I want to be honest as I was sitting there listening listening to him uh tell his story he was a little uncomfortable but um I just really made a note in my mind that I'm sitting here across from 
a kid whose stature does not equal his faith. Mm. That in many ways, he, he's a faith giant, especially in the area of cancer. And then just believing in God. Um, it, it just exudes out of the little kid. I mean, it was amazing. And um, when you came in today, all happy with everything that's going on. It, it moved me because I knew we were going to share a story. Um, and He's my favorite topic. I know he is. <laughs> and I want everyone, I want everybody to know why he's not here. We were hoping he, he could be here today, but he's home resting um, because he races on Saturday nights. He does race Saturday nights, and it was so hot last night, so hot. And he wears fire suits, and he has the helmet. And we try to keep him in the truck in the air conditioning between races. And after the last race, he was hot. He was all sweaty. He won, by the way. And um, so we put him in the truck, and he was sitting there, and he was just like, Mommy, my, my body's just, it's just hurting. I'm just tired. I said, okay, we'll load up the car. After he got his trophy, we went back and loaded up the car, and we just took him home. And because of the first cancer that he had, he has lung damage, so he has terminal left lung disease so he only has the use of half of his lung the whole lungs there just only half of it works and um he coughs all the time so if you hear him coughing it's okay he's not contagious it's just a normal cough and so he was coughing up some we call it junk and he started throwing up we gave him too much Gatorade and water last night and I was getting him ready to take a shower and he came in and he just looked at me and he goes mommy can we just pray? Can we just pray and ask God? And I was like, yes. So I just dropped everything, and he just wrapped his arms around me, and we just prayed for God to heal him and make him feel better. And he did wake up this morning and say that he felt 1,000% better, but we're just letting him rest. That heat's a lot. <laughs> it is. Now, when I met him, um, I just have this thing that I picked up. I don't, I don't even know when it was, but... Um, I guess it's an image I have of Jesus in the story with the kids where the disciples were like, hey, focus on the adults. And Jesus is like, no, don't, mm-hmm. don't keep the kids. For some reason, I just think Jesus was probably on his knees looking at kids in their eyes. And so I just, for some reason, picked up on that, that when I meet kids, I don't want them to ever have to look up at me. Mm-hmm. So I like bending down and looking at them. And so when I met him and I did that, I just had this sense of uh, asking him, said, hey, dude, would you pray for me? Mm-hmm. And it was the most unique thing I've ever experienced because he did. He wraps his arms around you, pulls you into his shoulder and doesn't say a word. He doesn't <laughs> say a word, no. And he just holds you. And so, I mean, you know, that's kind of, it's kind of weird at times. And so like a normal person, I'm like starting to tug just a little to see, you know, no boy, he's right there. And um, five minutes, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember when he, he, he let go of me and he looked me in the eyes, he said, okay, we can be friends. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, I just made the coolest friend in the whole joint right there. Um, and then you came in and gave us, gave me one of these. Yes. So now I can You're going to have to describe this because this is an audio podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell her, tell this them what This is, is our team shirt. We have black t-shirts on the front of it. It is a red, black and white camo. This is jam racing with the checkered flags crisscrossed. And then on the back, he has a wheel with his name in the middle of it in lime green. And then all of his sponsors for this season. Wow are on there and as you'll see pastor and annie are on the list as well as the sponsors <laughs> for this year awesome <laughs> yeah well 
You're going to have to add a name. We will have, a name, we have new names next year. We're making new t-shirts. That's funny. You're going to have to add me, and you're going to have to add New Life, because we're going to be Team Liam. Awesome. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> well, I looked this up, and I wanted to share this with you, because I thought this was pretty cool, but Liam is, a, is diminutive of William. It's Germanic, and it means will and helmet put together. And Nathan means God has given. And it just... <laughs> What does that mean to you? Talk to her. Well, I mean, Come gosh, on. darn it. Come on. <laughs> I just was going back to, you know, this is his name as he's born, and it's giving him this strong will, which I see in everything that you've described. The, the helmet is kind of obvious here to me. Where's the helmet to raise, you know, all that. But then God has given. God gave him a heart. God gave him a new heart mm -hmm. spiritually, practically, and he's given him to you. And I kind of want to talk in this last little bit. What has his impact been on your life? Well, like you said before, that we have no reason to complain. Nope. And I don't gripe. I don't complain. I, I could be sick and tired. And he is my biggest protector. He really is. He's, if he thinks that I don't feel good or if he thinks that I'm hurting, um, for instance, one of the dogs tripped me back during pit, the COVID when we were all in the house. And I hit my knee really hard and it kind of jarred it a little bit. He, he, he banned all the dogs to outside. They wouldn't come in. <laughs> Nobody could come around me. He, was, he went to cry and he immediately stopped crying and he called his daddy and he's like, mommy just got, mommy fell because of the dog and you need to come home right now. Mm -hmm. And John was like, I can't come home, buddy. I'm at work. He goes, no, I don't care. You come home right now. Mommy needs you to come home right now. Wow. And I said, it's okay. I said, and he helped me up. We went to the bathroom. I sat on the edge of the tub. I cleaned up, took off the um, skin off my knees. So I had to clean everything up. And he made sure that I had everything I needed. And I had to sit in a certain chair. And no one could be around me. He is like my own personal protector. Hmm. Um, when I see him, it's like my heart just leaps and my heart's so full. And when I say I think about him all the time, I literally think about him <laughs> all the time. I could be sitting at work and like my whole area in my office is pictures of him. Yeah. I mean, I can't help it. It's just my baby. Mm -hmm. And he was my blessing from God. He was my gift. I, that's the only thing I ever asked for. And then when I found out I was pregnant with him, I said, God, could you, you just please give me a boy mm. I didn't have the mindset for a girl I don't do the <laughs> prissy thing um, and when I found out he was a boy I was like Liam Nathaniel there you are wow so now wow. I can that's awesome so we just you know we look after each other we pray for each other I don't go anywhere without him he goes well obviously today we did but <laughs> for the most part he goes where mama goes and he's not a normal child you know we go to the races and we're always there early and all the other kids are out playing, and John's like, just be a boy. Just go play. You know, get out there and run around and play. That's not his mindset. He wants to stay close to mom. He wants to stay close to the car. He just very hmm. chill. Do you know what he told me about you? Because I asked him straight up. I said, I said uh, um, next to God, um, who, who is the most important person to you? And he said, mom. And I said, why mom? Here it comes. He's going to cry now. This is good. She, he said, because she never fails to take care of me. Hmm. 
and now he's going to do that for you. He does. <laughs> yeah. Now you're you are involved in counseling. I do. I um, after his second, or after, yeah, after his second battle with cancer, cancer, um, I was working with Teresa, and I was just like, I have to take a sabbatical, because he needed me at the hospital, and that was more important. Um, now that he's older. Um, I probably could do it a little bit more. Um, more I do, I'm not licensed. Um, yeah. I chose not to become licensed because I didn't need the state of Oklahoma to tell me when, where, why, or who I could talk to about God. Yeah. Yeah. And if you get licensed, they restrict, you cannot talk. And then even if the client brings it up to you, there's a boundary, there's that line you can't cross. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, so, I don't want that. So anymore. how does this story, how is this gonna help you as you hear other people complaining or <laughs> dealing with the stuff that we all go to or does it hurt? for. <laughs> it doesn't bother me. I just, yeah. so in my mind, I'm going, pitch a big boy panties on and just, just get on with it. You know, let's just not. I mean, even when he learned to walk and he, if you didn't know him when he was little, Teresa knew him when he was still, like, he had a big belly and the, the doctors didn't know why, but he had a big extended belly. That's how he learned to walk. He balanced his stuff with the belly. I do that all the time. <laughs> I'm not impressed. I'll be honest. <laughs> and he did great. But when he would learn to fall, I never went, oh my gosh, baby. I would always start laughing at him. Yeah. And then he would start laughing and he'd get up and do it again. So I never would baby him to the point where he would be like a wimp. Sorry. But I mean, <laughs> basically, I, I needed yeah. him to be strong. And when we go to the hospitals, he is strong. Yeah. And he is strong. And there's times when he doesn't want me to leave that I have to go to work, but I have to leave. So now he has his own phone. <laughs> so he can call me from the phone and talk to me at work anytime he wants to. I want to ask one more question, then Jeremy's going to wrap us up. Um, I want you to take just a few seconds and I want you to talk to people who are listening to this right now that are facing difficulties. Maybe they are a parent Mm -hmm. of a kid who is struggling or maybe they're struggling themselves and they feel like maybe it's not sickness, maybe it's regrets, maybe it's things they wish they could have done different in life. And so those things have become a barrier between them and the help that God can bring. What what would you say to them if you had the chance? Because you do. The first thing that comes to my mind is you need to hit your knees and you need to let go. You need to give it to God and say, I can't carry this burden. Take it from me and fill me with your word and your grace and help me move on. Because when we hold anger against people or we hold regrets, it makes us sick and it makes us not the person that we need to be. So you have to let it go and you have to just, and we do that at the hospital with Liam. We pray when he's laying there hooked up to IVs. We lay there and we pray, God, it's, it's on you. We give it to you. We're not going to worry. We're not going to fret. We're not. And I can honestly say from the bottom of my heart, Liam and I have never said, why God? Mm. Why me? We have never done that. Um, When I was pregnant with him, I did tell God, this is on you. You're going to help me. You have something special for him. Let's do this together. And we just let God have it. And now since Liam's up and he's understanding more, he just gives it all to God. Amen. And when he races, he's, his motto when he races is we praise God when we win, we praise God when we lose, because God is the one that's given him the talent and the strength to do what he's doing today. Amen. My goodness. That, uh, Stephanie, thank you 
so much yeah. for being You're a welcome. part of this. Well, thank I you. think your story is going to minister to so many people. Um, and just being, you know, having the confidence to share that and be a part of, of this, our last live episode of the New Life Podcast. Again, God bless you. Thank, thank you. you. And I want to thank all of you guys for listening today and being a part. And uh, we'll see you next time.